Meet Megan. Hi. A professional wedding photographer and professional wedding planner, Emily. Hey there. Together with 20 years experience in planning, designing and shooting all things wedding, they'll discuss how it's so much more than pretty pictures and a fun party. Welcome to Wedding Therapy, a podcast exploring why it is that weddings bring out the best and worst in people and how to navigate relationships and conflicts during the wedding planning process and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Wedding Therapy Podcast. That's your host, Megan Lubeck. And that is your other host, Emily Sutherland. It is another Tuesday in my home recording our podcast and I love it. We have a really fun guest here with us. Um, Her name is Alana and she is a fashion and visual culture scholar which is very fancy um, or fancy sounding. (laughs) Um, And I met Alana through my friend Corey. um, And Alana was actually a guest at our, what do you call that? Our like kickoff. Our our, focus group dinner. Our focus group dinner. Yeah. Slash holiday party. And Corey texted me because I invited Corey. I value her opinion she um, is just, ugh, I love Corey. We could go on and on about Corey and what she does. But um, she had texted me and asked if she could bring a guest. And I was kind of like, sure. I, like, she gave me no details, nothing. Just like, oh, can I bring my friend? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I in my head, I was like, well, I don't really know if she'll care about the podcast or anything. But I want Corey to be there. So, sure. And you ended up coming up to me at the bar or something and saying, or you said something, you're like, oh my gosh, I love what you guys are doing. Everything sounds amazing. And then you just went on this whole thing about your research and wedding dresses. And I mean, I had had a few cocktails, the cocktails were flowing. And I just remember being like, I have no idea what this girl's talking about, but I love it. So anyways, after a series of emails and texts, we have Alana here with us in our studio today. (laughs) So welcome, Alana. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. It's so (laughs) wonderful to be in this fabulous studio. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I don't know um, if you're, I don't know, I just know my experience from that night, but um, I don't know if you even knew what you were getting into with the dinner. (laughs) I didn't. So (laughs) the thing is, Corey and I had a very early flight the next morning. That's right. We were going. We were going to Denver, and which related to my research, we were going to see a whole exhibition about Christian Dior, which was like unreal. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you guys were just doing a girls trip. I mean that too. But let's be real. That was my intention. Got it. Because you know, yes, pretty dresses, (laughs) which is what we're going to talk about today. Um. But. Uh, Corey was like, oh, I have to go to this thing. And I said, cool. Like, <laughs> I like your friends. That sounds great. And we get here and I was like, so what's going on? And then she explained, it was like, oh, wedding podcast. That's cool. Aww. I can really get down with that. And as you both were explaining it at the dinner, it, I just was like, my brain was on fire. I like mm. couldn't even handle all the different things I wanted to talk to you about. So this is 
I awesome. And also, as all the listeners know, <laughs> it's been fantastic so far. And Aww, I'm just so thanks. excited for you guys. I um, honestly felt like it was so serendipitous that you were like, you had this trip planned with Corey already. She was on our guest list. And I had no idea. Honestly, I didn't even know like your expertise existed. So I would have never, yeah, like I would have never sought out a professional in your field because I legit wouldn't even know where to even, I didn't even know what to Google. So I love that it just worked out the way it did. Oh, totally. And that's fair because, you know, there aren't that many of us, so it's really hard to even recognize that this exists. So Mm -hmm. it's, it is serendipitous, which I realize, which if you ever just talk about Corey for, you know, hours and hours, that's just what happens with her. It like, is so true. So shout out to Corey Marshall at Miss Foodie Problems. Yes. Because, you know, who doesn't want to shout out? But I like, know. Really bringing everyone together. <laughs> I know. I know. I love it so much. Anyway, so that's our little story, how we met Alana. And you're finally here. I'm Yay. so excited. Awesome. So... You've done some extensive research and writings on wedding dress design. Tell us a little bit about all the different projects and opportunities that you've done. I will keep this brief. No, Um, no, no. Tell us all the juicy details. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, So it all started with my senior project in undergrad. I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And in order to graduate, you have to complete a senior project. And as a history major, I had already known at that point that I wanted to work on fashion history and do something within a museum field. But I mean, that was my intention. And I had this opportunity to curate an exhibition about wedding dresses from the county. And after that, it just kept going. And the exhibition was called Bells, Bells and Bows Wedding Dresses from (laughs) Slow County from... 1870s to 1950s it was fascinating and so after that I just you know can't stop won't stop I love it it was so fun now tell me a little bit about so you studied history yes and there wasn't like a fashion history uh what are they called like your major and then your uh, your emphasis or special so there wasn't a pre-existing fashion you just kind of steered in that direction is that how it worked for undergrad where I went oh, yes okay. um, Got it. it's really rare to have a fashion history sort of mindset anywhere for an undergraduate degree I would imagine, mm-hmm. yeah. that's not a fashion school but also mm. it's a lot more prevalent over in Europe mm-hmm. so oh. that's another thing to note but grad school that's where it was very much all about fashion history and sociology of dress and museum studies thrown in there. Ah, when you first started school, was that like on your brain or was it like, I just like history and then I also like clothes. And so it just kind of, those were two things that you loved that came together. Is that kind of how it was? So also the thing about where I went to school is you have to, declare a major Mm -hmm. as soon as you apply because that's just part of their admission process and one more Corey mentioned that's where we met so I was gonna mm -hmm. say she went to slow so I'm assuming that's where you guys met oh we're in the same dorm so fresh Um, (laughs) but while I was there I had really wanted to be an elementary school teacher I'd always worked with kids I loved them I thought oh if I teach kindergarten I'll be working with all these people who are shorter than me I'm five feet tall so like (laughs) it was 
That's hilarious. And my last name is Winter. Like, how cute, Miss Winter. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought about that. Yeah. Because I didn't know your last name when I first met you. But then we exchanged a few emails. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if that's really her last name. Because your Instagram. <laughs> it, it's the cutest. Well, I mean, we might as well shout it out right now. Uh, sure. It's yes. 500 Days of Winter. Oh, cute. Which I was like, oh. So freaking cute. And Thank I, you. because of the Instagram, I was like, I wonder if this is actually her real last name because <laughs> it's almost too cute to be real. Mm-hmm. So now seeing the elementary school background, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could totally see it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Haven't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. but like maybe eventually, who knows? But the thing I noticed when I was in all my classes was I loved my history classes oh. so much. And I just, you know when you find something and it just feels like you need it mm-hmm. all the time? Mm-hmm. And I guess one would call that obsession. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> passion. Let's just... Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, or passion. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Put a positive spin. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean... Yeah, no, I guess that's a I mean, there's a fine word. line. There's a fine line for sure. Yes. Aren't we all kind of trying to not like teeter the obsession versus passion? Right, which I... I'm not quite sure which side of the line I was on at this point, but like Got it. loved all my history classes and my history professors. I'm still close with some of them to this wow. day. And the thing is, in order to switch your major at Cal Poly, you, it's kind of like reapplying to school. It's a whole process. It took me a full year. And wow. at that point, the liberal studies major, which is elementary education right. in California, that's... Um, it was still under the umbrella of the College of Liberal Arts. Now it's in the College of Science and Math because STEM is awesome. But oh. at that point, it was right before that switched. And so normally it's easier to switch within the same school. This is a lot of like very little details, but it was just, it was hard. Like I yeah. had to really commit. And so there are people who can't switch to their major at all. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's never guaranteed. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's intense. But in order to switch, I, I'm a little pragmatic and was, huh. like, trying to be realistic about it. Like, what would I use this major for? I know exactly what I would use my other one for, and I didn't want right. to graduate without... It, like, kind of directly translates to a job. Right. Whereas history, I mean, it could go a million different ways, right? Yeah, like, I know for sure I never wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and oh, is that a... A route people go? A huge route. Yeah. So history can often go into law school or um, sometimes people will use it into like, well, definitely teaching Mm -hmm. and other like very thought driven fields like philosophy or writing or whatever. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. None of those routes were what I wanted to do. So thank you. I'm so thankful for our trusty Google, and <laughs> I looked up what can, like what can you use a history major for, what grad programs, and my grad program that I ended up going to, which is at NYU, called Visual Culture Costume Studies, popped up, and I looked at it and thought, I could read Vogue for research. <laughs> mm, that's so cool. Right? That's it, so cool. It was awesome. Not to like downplay how intense the program is more like <laughs> yeah the academic oh yeah I can only imagine marvelousness of it mm-hmm. yeah wow so how old were you when you were doing this google search of like what job can I get with a history major I feel like that's so forward thinking for a college student thanks I think I was 20 okay maybe I I just 
did not think like that. Yeah. I mean, it might have been, I feel like the school kind of put that on you as well, That's too, because you had to kind of figure out, not to say that you're not super smart or forward thinking, just just more of, it wasn't you had to easy. kind of make a decision, mm-hmm. I think. They were kind of forcing you to do that or, you know, at least have a direction. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessary to know what you wanted to use it for. But then. you wanted to know. I wanted yeah. to know. And, yeah. And also, like, it's not just that. I wouldn't say that I'm. Sm- it makes me like seem really smart for thinking that. It's just like a different way of thinking, totally. you know. And and for yeah. any planners out there, I feel like not. You know, they wouldn't be able to move forward without having some type of idea of where they were going with it. At least I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like for me as a college. Well, first of all, my college you could flip flop majors like literally nobody's business. It was super easy, yeah. and so I do think to your point that does kind of elicit a culture of not really having to take it seriously because mm. it's like I just fill out this form and drop it off at yeah. this one office, so it doesn't take a whole lot of thought. But if it's like a whole thing that could literally take a whole year, girl, you better know what you yeah. want to do before you commit that. So yeah. in that way. It totally makes sense and it sounds like you were taking great care in the choices you were making Mm -hmm. and whether you ended up going the fashion and culture route or not I almost don't think that matters what Mm -hmm. matters is that you were you at least sat down to be like huh I wonder what what you know I just I bet if we took a poll of all the history majors at slow right now and asked (laughs) them how many of you really thought deeply about where this could go same school, same transfer policy. I bet more than half of them were like, well, you know, I just thought, you know. Like, yeah. I, I'm just really fair. impressed. Yeah. Anyways. Oh. Anyways, continue in your story. I want to hear more. Thank you. Um, but genuinely, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at NYU now. Yes. And you and have a clear path and direction of what you're at least interested in. Absolutely. Okay. And also, at this point, I had... I'd been working a lot on wedding dresses and it was all, it was this, I was just so completely engulfed in it that I needed a little bit of distance. Mm. And so my first year I didn't even pick up a book or I don't even think I watched an episode of Say Yes to the Dress. Um, <laughs> I just needed a little bit of a break. And then I started taking the sociology class. First of all, that was fantastic. and So fascinating. Yeah. The, how that's connected. Oh, yeah, because everything we wear, there's there's so much behind it, and mm-hmm. it affects all of us, whether it's the visual aspect of it or the just, like, the tactile aspect of mm-hmm. feeling it or just the relatability of it. I mean, there's so much about clothing that everyone can relate to. There's a reason fashion exhibitions are generally the highest attended ones out of all museums. It's because mm-hmm. everyone... Everyone can look at it and have some sort of a reaction. Relatability, yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. and I bet cool. there's an element of nostalgia as well. Yes. In fashion. Yes. I don't, I obviously didn't grow up in the 50s or 60s. So, but there is something when I watch shows like Mad Men or what was that show? Mad it was like, so good. it was um, about flight attendants. Um, in like Pan the Am? Fifth, Pan Am. Oh my gosh. Why was that canceled? It was fantastic. <laughs> it had Margot Robbie. It had Margot Robbie. And it had Christina it had Ricci. Spy. I don't know. Did it? I don't remember. I'll, honestly, 
it stopped at Margot for me. But it had the spy element to it, which was really interesting. But I was captivated by their costumes. And I didn't grow up in that era, but I felt such a sense of nostalgia. I was like, oh, back in the day when they when flight attendants used to have, wear this and that and there was another show um it was like a bunch of kids who danced on an old tv show um it's driving me nuts that i can't think of it uh what were those variety shows that local kids danced on and they would have bands play and i'm sure people listening are like Screaming, screaming it at in their the car, car radios. Yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, how do you not remember? And that cute blonde actress that ended up being in, um, uh, uh, what are those movies where those girls sing in the acapella group? And oh, got really famous. Uh, pitch Perfect. Pitch. Yeah, the girl who has red hair in Pitch Perfect. She, oh, um, um, Anna something, right? No, 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 no. Anna Camp. Um, oh my no, the redhead. Brittany Snow. Brittany Snow was, was in this show. Also great on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, if any of you saw her on that. Just, I don't Brittany know if Snow, if you're listening, that. well done, my dear. You're oh, fabulous. I, I love but, Brittany Snow. Anyways, yeah. anyways, all those old shows that draw on those old costumes, I find myself, like, just enamored. with. So I get that. I totally get that. But if someone yeah. told me, like, oh, I took a sociology class for my fashion degree, I'd be like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't put two and two together. Yeah, it's... It was a really great class. It, mm-hmm. Possibly one of the best classes I took. And I I remember thinking, wow, this there's too much reading on the syllabus. How does she not understand we're writing our theses right now? Like, this is absurd. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Anna Akbari was unbelievable. And to this day, like, I still use so much from that class. Wow. So she's I don't think I could say the same for much of my college classes. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a master's, so it's different. It's just like forcing yourself to be in school a little longer. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Know. Like- <laughs> but I feel like the classes are so specific and yeah. so central, like a uh, central way of thinking that it is a lot more practical for everyday life. Whereas undergrad is just so broad. Yeah, you know? it's I don't know. Well, because what was your major? Uh, business marketing, and then I double majored in journalism, public relations. So I will say the business program was a lot more broad strokes, but the journalism program was a lot more. I mean, it was just a smaller program in general. Yeah. So my PR classes. Yeah, I guess I will say the PR classes. I draw on elements of that that I use in my job now, but not really the business. It was just way too broad. Huh. Yeah. Anyways. Do you use any of yours, Megan? Um, <laughs> I'm like smiling at Emily. So I actually stopped going to school at um, like a, a year into my general ed because I hated school and I was like, I don't want to do school longer than I have to. No one's forcing me to be here. Yes. So, <laughs> so true. I'm just going to stop. So for 10 years, I've been a photographer and I didn't have to take anything for that. And then I guess that now is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, wow, to kind I of, feel like you have to announce it I know. Now. Well, that's so weird. I don't want to <laughs> announce anything, but anyway, no, I've ju- I just chose to go back to school basically now. So, um, <laughs> yay. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Congrats. Not that. Thank you. And I don't want to express that everyone needs school because yes. everyone learns so differently. And the thing I learned I possibly the most at Cal Poly was that so much of it is hands-on. Like I'm a 
so many of us are hands-on learners. And so mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need and school for that, depending I, on how you learn and what you like. Right. Yeah. And I didn't need it for my yeah, current job. Yeah. I was like, she has job. a thriving career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, exactly. it's been fine. Um, but I just think I'm ready now. Whereas yeah. like I wasn't ready before I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I think I just needed like instant gratification. I just wanted the career without having to like put in the work like because originally I was going to be like be an MFT which is currently okay. like kind of as I'm going back like what my focus is going to be oh, awesome. um, but I just have a, a long time to get there so um it's not going to happen like tomorrow but it's just um I think I'm ready now I, and even all my friends have been like I think it's going to be different for you like 100%. 10 years later you're going to care about your classes you're going to mm. care about learning um, whereas like before I just was too immature. <laughs> well, and I think we talked about this last time. I was just like, it is a little absurd to expect 17 and 18 year olds to jump into a career or at least the steps into a career. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know me as a 17, 18 year old, I thought about like friends and soccer and that was literally all I cared about. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I, I, my brain wasn't developed enough to be thinking. I think that's why when I heard you say I Googled, I'm like, wow, that was not where my head was at mm-hmm. as a young yeah. person. And so I think for a lot of people going into a four-year school at 18 is a natural path and they do just fine and then they go. But I think there's a large amount of people who that isn't, they need to go to school later mm-hmm. and they're going to get so much more out of mm-hmm. it. And I was just not caring about my classes and not care. I just, I don't know if I saw the relevance of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Which Whereas, honestly, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say now I think that's why I love podcasts so much. I mean, we joke about how I love all my true crime podcasts, but like <laughs> I, I also really enjoy educational podcasts mm-hmm. now. And I think now as a 30 something, I would probably thrive going back to school mm-hmm. now. Whereas 19-year-old Emily was just like, eh. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, which, that being said, like, listening to you guys talk about classes and stuff, it's like, I'm, like, sitting here, like, getting all excited. So Yay! I can't really answer your question about what I've used, but it is making me super excited about the current life stage I'm in. That's, oh, <laughs> yes. I love I it. I don't want to say I'm jealous because, <laughs> like, but that's so fantastic that you get to experience it like this. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know education is different for everyone and mm-hmm. I yeah. I like to think that because of things like the internet and social media that now it's less shocking when people decide to go on a different path than what totally. we're you know sort of brought up to think yeah, like well, and, that, and also why is it shocking that someone in their 30s wants to like do this new thing I feel like we were trained to think that was weird. Yeah. When in actuality, I don't think it is at all. No, it's not. And especially because we're growing up with such a very different economy Mm -hmm. from anyone before us. And having that really affects people's paths and education and jobs and Mm -hmm. just where they're going to go and how they're going to think about it. Because now it's not a guarantee that if you have a college degree, you're going to get a job. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that just that just changes everything. We're the opposite of the baby boomers. Yes. And thank God. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yes. There's some drawbacks, but also we had an entirely different teens and young adult experience. And I think that has shifted the 
expectations on education, adulthood, what success means. You know, I think all of that has shifted. So anyways, I'm really proud of you. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) I literally had my first class on last Wednesday. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) And I was like Marco Poloing like my mom. And I was like, it's like my first day of school. (laughs) Did you Uh, take a first day of school outfit? You were what? Marco Polo? Oh, yeah. Marco Polo. You don't know what Marco Polo is? No. I thought it was a game you played in the pool. <laughs> I mean, it is. That was really weird to use in a <laughs> I guess if that's your only reference, that did sound really weird. I have no idea what that is. that an app? I just want to say I really hope all the listeners out here, if you are listening, please go comment on whatever social media post you can just to like, if you can throw like, Marco? there has to be like some sort of swimmer emoji, just like. Oh, that Go would post be that just so that we know that you know what Marco Polo is. <laughs> <laughs> but go to our just... Instagram right now and comment on <laughs> with, with a, fish. a swimming <laughs> with a a, fish. A, a, <laughs> wait, wait, guys, but really what is it? <laughs> it's no an app where it's basically like a video, uh, like a video conversation app, but you like record yourself and then it just sits there in the app and then someone can watch it whenever they want and then they can record one back and send it to you. What's nice about it is that like you don't have to be available at the same time like on FaceTime if you both of you can't talk then you just don't talk. Whereas like this you literally are like recording your videos back and forth like and it's all on the same so you're um, just like texting videos. Yes, yeah. it's like a it, <laughs> so but Snapchat. It's like a, well, because it's more like oh, but it doesn't disappear. Video voicemails. Video yeah. like voicemails. Yeah, yeah. right. That's a good. That was a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. Video voicemails. Yeah, and so you know how you can like when you go into your phone and you have all your voicemails, you can just scroll and like see all of them. At yeah, once. yeah. It's kind of like that, but horizontal versus yeah. vertical. Right? Yeah. Okay. But like for my friends that live out of town, I mean, I talk to them every day through this thing and I see her and it's just like nice. It's nicer than the phone. Sometimes I use it. It sounds weird, but I use it while I drive, but I have one of those like mounts. (laughs) And so while I'm driving, I'm literally just like talking to my friend and she's just watching me drive. But like, it's just, I don't know. It's just different. And it's nicer. Wait, so it is like FaceTime. It is, but... It doesn't go away, and you don't have to be FaceTiming together at the same, at the same time. time. Oh. You can watch somebody live if okay. you're both available. Got it. But if you're not, then, like, I'll just, you know, for example, somebody could be leaving me Marco Polo right now, and then after the podcast, like, I'll watch it and respond. Do you feel weird when you say that sentence? Marco Polo? Like, like a verb? <laughs> yeah, you just said someone could be leaving me a Marco Polo right now. Oh, I don't know. That doesn't, that sounds so I, weird to me. Well, it's new for you. Yeah. It's right? new for me. Like, I feel like I'll every say, episode. Oh, I need a Marco. <laughs> like, I need a Marco you. BRB. Yeah. Or I'll say I, I poloed you or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's how we, oh my people gosh. text. I feel them. like when I write the episode descriptions for our episodes, mm-hmm. I always write something that I learned because I, I like like when we interviewed D. I like D taught Emily about what was the thing that I learned about that uh, about a movie like a super famous movie that everyone oh, yeah, yeah, has yeah. seen but I hadn't and yeah. so I was like Emily learned all about whatever That's so movie funny. and I'm already thinking <laughs> Emily was taught this about week, Marco Polo Emily learned about Marco Polo. <laughs> So right. anyway, I digress. Yes. Okay. No, it's fine. I was just going to say I Marco pulled my mom and I was like, it's my first day of school. So anyway, this is all very new, but it's exciting. We literally only practically went over the syllabus. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's like the first day very <laughs> new. Um, but I've literally had, it's a 
it's a lot of um, internet or online class too. So I've literally had homework every day, like Whoa. online. And yeah. So anyway, I'm just starting. I'm just little baby uh, again. <laughs> did you get like a new binder? <laughs> no, like but I keep thinking I need to go somewhere and get like, you know, Lisa, Fra- Lisa Frank, Lisa oh Frank, Frank folder. You know, has really yes. I was saying, you know, has really great adult school supplies. Who? Bando. Oh, okay. <gasps> they have the best. The best. I've been using their planners for the last like six years. Planners, pens, uh, sticky notes. Like binder Pin- inserts binder. to hold your mm-hmm. pens yeah. and stickers. and Oh, it's like big girl school supplies. Yeah. And there's it's a lot of sparkle. A lot of sparkle. <laughs> I have big. pens that the top half, you like tip it and glitter moves around. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. It <laughs> makes school fun, you guys. Oh, I love pretty it. Pretty things. Okay. Yes. Well, speaking of school, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You're in NYU taking a yes. sociology class about fashion. Yes. And how it pertains to society. Is that right? Am I hearing? Yeah. That right? No. Yeah. That's okay. That's right. It's just like about modern dress, like how to how to really interpret what people are wearing now, not just the history of it. Got it. But got it. Got it. Got it. All the history, like it all builds on each other. Okay. So it, that makes sense. It's cool. But, so talk to us about like the articles and research and stuff. Like I know you've written for HuffPost. Um, you curated that exhibit for mm-hmm. your senior project. Um, you've been a guest lecturer. Like what, talk to us about that. What does that look like? Well, what's interesting is this sociology class mm-hmm. specifically really helped me jump right into understanding what, like why do women care about wedding dresses or why do people not just women yes. all people have this fascination with the white wedding gown hmm. but why and I really wanted to understand that and so the I did get published on Huffington Post which was bonkers yeah like huge, huge. um to this day I still say it and I like you know yeah. I get a little Jeez, as you <laughs> excited <laughs> Um, and is that what the article was about? Why white? Not why a oh. white wedding dress, uh, but rather why are wedding dresses important? Like, why do we? Yeah. Is cursing allowed? No, we, we don't. Rather not. Then <laughs> never we have to mind. mark it as explicit, and oh, we don't want to have to do that. We're not. This is not explicit. Then just use your imagination, listeners. <laughs> but like, why? Why do we wear? these dresses and spend so much money on them and just what's the point point? and I just from my perspective I've even used this example on here um as a planner this is one of the more stressful wedding planning elements for brides yeah. oh, and, yeah. and obviously I'm not friends with the bride I'm not a bridesmaid I'm not a mom so from an outside perspective it does seem a little dramatic mm-hmm. and so, yeah. I, I don't, not to demean people no. but there's so much emotion mm-hmm. tied to it and not just for the bride everyone everyone and that's where I feel like a lot of the source of stress comes is the brides coming to me and they're like oh my gosh it was miserable everyone was heated there were arguments and I'm like why like yeah <laughs> you should be just trying on dresses ship, sipping on champagne having fun why is bridesmaid one getting angry it, like it's so fascinating to me like, so why are people so opinionated yes and the thing i learned if anything was that when when someone is wearing a wedding dress their whole intention is to be their ideal self 
and mm. to see that. And that's, I mean, no one's thinking about this, but they're it's, not consciously. Yeah, thinking. it's all subconscious. But you know, that's why mothers and grandmothers get so invested in what their daughter, granddaughter, or grandchild uh-huh. is wearing, and also like that's why wedding parties get really into it. It's just people view like we all have very different relationships with all the people around us and mm-hmm. so that's why everyone has an opinion like well that's not what you look like to me ah, and so I would interesting. I would that argue so fascinating mm-hmm. and moms probably have a very different perspective on what their daughter is versus a friend yeah and it makes me think of some of the wedding dresses I've seen that are like kind of revealing or whatever <laughs> like just what that like yeah. what other people how other people feel about that or like what the bride is trying to say about her, yeah. you know herself I don't know it's just so interesting to think about oh totally and I mean as a wedding photographer it's so important to, and wedding plan I mean your jobs feed into this so much yeah. in that wedding like the wedding photos last forever. So you want everything to look right, right, including what you're wearing. And some women or men or just people in general yeah. subconsciously think, well, I want to look my hottest. Of course. And I right. think that and that being the intention then feeds into what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Or I just want I just want to feel special. Mm-hmm. And then that's a whole other look. Right, right. And mm-hmm. well, so can I tell a funny story? Please, please. Um, in the sociology class, and I did not read the whole syllabus before I picked my topic. Love it. Being wedding dresses. <laughs> and I just need to express that because part of it was doing a dress-up experiment. I was single as can be, and I had to pretend that I <gasps> was engaged and planning a wedding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I got to be a faux bride for a semester. <laughs> Wait, so you had to go make appointments, try mm-hmm. on dresses, do the whole wow. gamut. And I was looking at all the different price points because a big thing for me was I just never have understood until this point, why would someone spend tens of thousands of dollars on something they're going to wear once, mm-hmm. maybe reuse for something, but mm-hmm. probably not. Right. And it just boggled my mind. Yeah. So you had to live it. Yes. To understand. Okay. Exactly. Like walk a mile mm-hmm. in their shoes. But, you know, somehow when I had my first appointment also happened to be spring break and my mother was in town. <gasps> so, of course, this is her opportunity mm-hmm. to play faux bride's mom. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if she would have wanted to do this specifically but let me tell you she she was great she really played the role um, <laughs> and my like, and mom I, I re- you realize I don't have a significant other yeah, right yeah. I'm just making sure that we're all on the same page <laughs> I needed to remind her of this later but so I had a phone on my phone I had pictures and like my background was of me and one of my friends who just happened to be like the most photogenic photo of me with a man like <laughs> and um I had a fake engagement ring like just the whole nine yards it was I had a whole story it was oh my gosh like I don't think I would ever want to be an actress but this was my chance yeah <laughs> totally totally and, and I wouldn't say that I deserve an Oscar <laughs> But maybe a People's Choice Award. <laughs> like, it was really cool. Team Choice Award. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the first appointment, 
it was my mom and two of my bridesmaids. Uh-huh. I say that with air quotes. Uh-huh. And I'm trying on dresses, and I kid you not, this one dress that everyone loved, I walk out, my mom just bursts into tears. Oh, <laughs> Like wow. real tears. Like real tears. Like wow. she's just... She was she really was so crying. overcome with what she saw. Yeah. Like there was just so much emotion seeing me in a dress that she was like, you could get married in that today. Like that is real. And I mean, I say, I think it's still funny because oh, my poor mom. I know. I, she asked if uh, she could listen to this. And I was like, oh, I'm going to tell this story and you're not going <laughs> to like it. <laughs> Oh, sorry, mom. Um, and even worse, I may have put a photo of her crying in my HuffPo article because it's oh. so relevant. It's so no, that important is, to I the argument. Say, yeah. I mean, it is. And almost more so that it was all fake. Mm-hmm. Yes. The mm-hmm. fact that those emotions came out of her when it's not like you were tricking her. Like no. she she was in on the heist. Oh yes. Fascinating. And also, speaking of getting heated, I like to dress more then my mom and my friends, they were unanimous in what they thought I should get. Oh. That I wasn't really going to get because right. also I was in grad school. I can't spend that money. Right. <laughs> but wow. it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, but in that moment I'm so grateful to have had that experience because I felt that tension and that, you know, almost being protected by the the woman who worked at the mm. wedding dress shop mm. and just trying to be like, remind me, you know, this is your day. Mm-hmm. And, but the fact that I felt ganged up on and mm. I was just like, so like, no, this is, this isn't the dress. I like the other one better. It was, it was real. It was very real. And it just I think helped me understand. Up on, I think that's a really good descriptor. Yeah. I feel like a lot of brides probably feel that way. And I'm so sorry to everyone who's had to feel that because yeah. it's, now that I have a better understanding of why this is happening and why people get so involved, it it just sort of helps to like take a breath and reframe it all. It's like it's not that they don't like what you choose; they just have a very different viewpoint and why that viewpoint exists. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's interesting. Knowledge is power. I'm really yes. excited for you again, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so expand on that a little bit more. Like, what did you learn in your research about? What is it about society that makes us feel this way? It so much of it is based on the aesthetic of your ideal self and like aesthetic of your ideal self and working into like not working but going into this new journey of like especially I think especially in the United States marriage is just upheld in a very different light than a lot of other places and it's just like. It's not that it's, you know, the end all be all, but let's think about all the Disney movies where, mm-hmm. you know, happily ever after ends at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. We literally said this mm-hmm. exact same thing. We were guests on someone else's podcast, Shout Out Mentality. Mm-hmm. And we came up with that epiphany because they were asking us, because yeah. they're not a wedding podcast. They, they do nothing with weddings. And they were like, what is this hype? Like, where did it come from? And we were just like kind of working through our thoughts in the moment with mm-hmm. them and we were yeah. like well think about it all the people getting married right now or at least within the last 10 years we were raised 
I mean, I think we said it verbatim. Yeah. The Disney mentality mm-hmm. and what happens. The movie ends with the wedding. With the wedding. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's where we all want to get to, right? <laughs> we need some Whether jokes about like. We did. We want to see how they're doing like two years in. We did. We were yeah. like, we should, we should do Cinderella <laughs> yeah. five years into the wedding or five years into the marriage. I actually wrote a paper about Stop Cinderella. It. and Just because, which also feeds into like wedding dress history in that and fashion history in general, how all these different aspects played a role in the development of the story of Cinderella and what we see Mm -hmm. in it, like um, how it's very anti-communist. Oh. Fun fact. um, There's this whole scene where the king is just going off this, like going off the deep end, just like being so angry. And it's very much like anti-communist, like, um, oh dear, what's that word? Uh, like paranoia like oh. completely and if you notice all when all the mice and everyone's working together for a one specific thing to make her dress that's the one that gets torn up and that one's what pink I think I think so and yeah during the 50s people would say you know when referring to someone being communist they're pink right down to their underwear <gasps> that is so interesting oh my gosh but the dress that she wears to meet the prince yes, and then we the blue. Fruit. It's blue, which is, you know, democracy in America. So <gasps> that is nuts. Right? My mind is blown I know. right now. I'm thank you for caring. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone that's so fascinating. You and, know, okay. But you this can is look crazy. at that for everything. Which yeah, is it's like, not whoo. just Cinderella. Okay, when I was okay, fun side note story. When I was a freshman, I went to prom, which is not, I don't know about your guys' schools, yeah, but it's only juniors, seniors, unless mm-hmm. you get asked by someone. So I got asked no by deal. a senior. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> um, so I got asked by a senior who my parents loved. So it was a non-issue, which ironically, I'm like, you guys probably should have cared a little bit more. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I, I was 15. I didn't know anything about wedding or wedding, uh, prom dress shopping or anything right. like that. I hadn't spent the previous two years before, like, you know, looking at all the upperclassmen and all their prom dress. I literally had nothing to compare it to. Right. So I went to one store. I don't even remember the store with my mom. And I hope it was Windsor. No. That's my, where I got mine. No, That's my mom, <laughs> chances are my mother probably took me to like Nordstrom uh, or Jessica yeah. McClintock or something like that. Yeah, yeah. the Jessica McClintock outlet. He, oh, for every year for prom. That was Incredible. like my mom's go-to. It was like in Brea or something, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was, that was a very hot spot to get awesome dresses for bar and bat mitzvahs. Oh. What's up? There you go. There you go. Loved so, it, but yeah. We, I'll never forget, I was really struggling, and I don't remember if my mom picked it or if I picked it, but I tried it on, and my mom and the lady at the dress shop both said, they gasped, and they're like, oh, she looks like Cinderella, and it was blue, and it didn't have the puff sleeves, it was mm-hmm. strapless, but it had like a similar shape, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know if I knew myself enough to know what I wanted. Yeah. But hearing I mean, you were that. What, 15? Yeah. Hearing that response from them, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, then this must be the one. And I'm, I haven't thought about freshman prom literally. Like, I haven't given it a single thought yeah. probably since freshman year. Sure, yeah. Three days after prom, and I never thought about it again. 
But hearing you give that Cinderella reference, I'm like, I didn't grow up in communist, you know, world. And I didn't grow up in the United States when all of that tension was going on. But for some reason, having that Cinderella validation Mm -hmm. from my mom and a stranger, I was like, oh, well, then this must be the dress. Anyways, crazy. But also, like, we grew up with parents who all were around during the Cold War. And, I mean, I was born two years, a little under two years before the Berlin Wall fell. Like, there's definitely this mentality of, you know, like, these are the steps to get to success. And which we were discussing earlier, like, it's not And whether it's in the forefront of your mind or not, it's there. It's there. Interesting. Yeah, so... I love it. I love it. Okay, so that was a bit about what the Huff Post was about. Yes. Okay. Um, just why why does it matter? And it was interesting doing all this research and I reread one of my favorite books is called Cinderella Dreams. Um oh my gosh, the author's names are escaping me. It's okay. Uh, we'll it, figure it out. We'll okay. link it. Cool. Later. Please link it cuz it's like it is my bible. It is Really? It is possibly the most important book I've ever read or document in general about weddings and really yeah it's so good okay so good all right Um, I'll link it for sure yeah but they like I got to reread it in this different mindset and just after doing all these different tryouts like I found a dress that I I put it on and I kid you not was like I gasped and I just Mm -hmm. there was something about the way it felt the way Mm -hmm. I looked I just was like oh oh no Mm mm-hmm can I buy this and just save it for later? Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was the first time I could ever understand why people just will dream about what they wear for their wedding. It just, it made sense. And there's, there's so much that goes into it. I think what I learned about wedding dresses and why people care, there's the ideal self, the saving this image forever. I mean, like I have, I don't even know how many generations back of wedding photos yeah. of my family. And also just like everyone, and we live in this media driven society. So everyone wants to look, mm-hmm. you know, like and this, they're not like face tuned mm-hmm. self, but like, but almost, mm-hmm. you know, and the nostalgia is a big part of it. Just like being able to look back and think, oh, that was that was what I wanted. That's mm-hmm. exactly who I was. And like, I will forever at least have this nugget of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just being able to be nostalgic about all the fun things that go into a wedding. But realistically, is that what happens? Like, no. no. Yeah. And I think we're so lucky to be living in this time where we can all be very real and people can say, no, 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 it doesn't stop at the wedding. Like mm-hmm. marriage is hard. Yeah. People really need to work for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Getting I, the perfect dress doesn't equal the perfect marriage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so it's just, it's fascinating. Is that helpful? Yeah, yeah I, definitely. Okay. Um, I, we kind of already touched yeah. on like what began the work fascination. I guess I would just like to know more about like, the history of wedding dress design okay. and like where did it all start Ugh. like who decided that a bride one wears a dress I guess that's a, a gender thing but like totally. why do brides wear dresses and why do they look a certain way or what did the first wedding dress look like like mm. I, these are all things I have no idea well first of all I think just to 
touch on like what got me interested. Oh yes. I didn't I didn't care. I grew up in in a home where my parents were divorced. They had happy relationships without being married. My mom and my stepdad didn't marry for almost two decades. Like marriage was never important mm-hmm. in that sense. Like I never grew up with that idea. And I always grew up like being very financially like trying to be not frugal. That's but the smart. wrong word. But like yeah. yeah, just like why would I spend all this money on a party for one night when, you know, realistically like it would be better to put that towards a house or totally like all these other various things. Um I just never understood the value of it. Mm-hmm. Now I do. Celebration is really important and brings it brings joy for everyone. There's something very, very special about it. Mm-hmm. I just am starting to read this book actually called The Aesthetics of Joy by uh, Ingrid Fatel Lee. Oh, wait, Ingrid Lee Fatel. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, we'll, we'll get it right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Because she's fabulous. Um, and a lot of it talks about, you know, what celebration is so important mm-hmm. to us, like to yeah. humans, not just in a particular culture or particular space. Yes, everyone. It's a universal, it has universal value. Totally. Um, Same with like round things like googly eyes and balloons and um, things that, what was the other? Oh, abundance, like um, glitter and confetti, both of things I love. (laughs) Um, And now I understand why. And uh, anyway, yeah. So I love it. Very important, but my you know college age self did not know any of this and the in order to like figure out what i wanted to do i was trying to figure out where i could have an internship so i could at least make sure i liked museum work totally and there aren't a lot of museums in san luis obispo i was just gonna say (laughs) are there any i mean so there's this history center where like it's basically like their little history museum in this tiny old uh Carnegie Library building it's it's lovely um but they so I interned with them and in turn I found out they were curating exhibition or planning to have an exhibition about wedding dresses from their collection and they asked if I would curate it and I thought oh man I guess like it wasn't this initial oh I would love to do this it kind of got put on you yes I had no choice in the subject matter but I am so grateful I can't just you never know where your path will lead right and it's I'm so fortunate to have had that Um, but wedding dresses let's talk about them from the beginning right they the very first wedding dress just looked like a dress who knows what color it was? Nobody, nobody knows. And I'm talking like Western fashion, which I know like directions are all relative. But like, you know, let's think like Europe and America and that sort of Got thing. It. So um, this is like early American wedding. Or are you talking about like Western just Europe? Just in general. Like, oh, okay. Because Western Europe and America generally had similar fashion taste. Okay. Whereas, you know, if you go on to non-colonized areas um, of Africa and Asia yeah. and India. Yeah, oh, very different. Okay. Um, and beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wedding attire around the world is incredible. Indian wedding? I, I don't plan them. I've gotten a couple inquiries, and I'm just, I don't know enough to do it service, mm-hmm. but yeah. I know that there are vendors in our industry who that's what they 
specialize in. And yeah. my sister got an opportunity to go to India. Her husband's like childhood friend wow. married an Indian woman and they had like the whole shebang back in India. And she was just like, um, it is on another level. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. So anyways, I, yeah. I actually did some research on Indian weddings because actually almost to the day last year I had planned a wedding that so that's another thing I've like gotten to help plan my friends weddings it's um because I have this somehow this knowledge has translated into that yeah to be fair not on the same level as you by (laughs) any means um I just feel like that's very important to note (laughs) it's more like a yeah, yeah, I can help like logistics. Um, yeah, totally. And I know what you need, but like that sort of thing. Um, but this wedding, the couple, uh, one of them's Indian, and they both wanted to have some influence of it. So color, garments, like it was, it was really cool. And just to like figure out how to like how to tailor it mm-hmm. in that way, just to sprinkle in so these fun. different pieces of their culture. I mean, it was. It was fantastic. Totally. Which is reminding me, actually, I have second shot an Indian wedding where they had two ceremonies. One was the Indian ceremony Mm -hmm. and the other one was the American ceremony. And so she wore two different like outfits that day, which was so beautiful. Both of them were beautiful, but just like completely different. One was like a like a color explosion. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was like a normal like white dress and all the bridesmaids were in lavender dresses. Mm -hmm. And it looks so like what we're used to, which was super interesting. So it just reminded me of that. I think that's a very common trend for to do Indian American Indian mm-hmm. couple, wait Indian American sure I don't know I, yeah American Indian because yes I got yes yes yes. yes you're right you're um, right I, I have friends who've gotten married I didn't get to go which was such a bummer but they had you know and there are all these little ceremonies that happened before oh, yes yes yeah. it's, it's just, like three days yeah oh we did the henna with my friends <gasps> that I did oh fun last year oh my gosh Listeners, get some henna, you guys. It is oh, so it's, cool. It's so cool. It's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love to watch. It's like mesmerizing to watch yes. them do their thing. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's yes. get back to Sorry, the original wedding dress. Wedding dress. Yes. yes. So can I ask a question really quick? Absolutely. Because you had just started to talk about the first wedding dress. Mm-hmm. But then that made me think, and I don't know if you have this answer, but I was like, I feel like it's sort of a stupid question. I'm like trying to not like... <laughs> feel dumb about it no but like, question is stupid I'm, I'm just thinking like okay well if you think back to like bible times like mm-hmm. people referred to each other as husband and wife so like there was that relationship even all the way back to the beginning yeah but like when did the ceremony start oh, like I feel yeah. like a white dress or you know them being in any dress or where it became a thing mm-hmm. to have like a pump and circumstance yeah. attached to it. Yeah. That that started at some point because I don't think that that was happening all the way back then. Although maybe they were having ceremonies and we just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I was just curious. Are if you that asking came... what came first? The dress well, or the, the yeah, party? Kind of. <laughs> or, or did like, the party come first? And then because the parties got like, big, the dress had to be a thing? Was Did the dress become a thing when the vows and the attendance, like became a thing like Mm -hmm. I don't know if that entered at all Mm. into your research or if that was at all part of it when you say the dress what do you mean okay okay I see what you're saying like the wedding dress the way we think of it now that like 
the white wedding dress? Yeah. Or even, I mean, like you said, that the first wedding dress, you don't know what color it was. But yeah. even where they were wearing something that was specific to a wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I'm not sure when wedding ceremonies began of, like, exchanging vows. Okay. At, but now I want to figure it we out. So totally, that'll be really yeah, fun. We should totally look it up. We'll, like, yeah. post it on Facebook or something. Yeah, get excited, you guys. Um, <laughs> but... As for, like, the pomp and circumstance yeah. and just, I think that really began with royal weddings. A lot of trends oh. we know came from royalty. Okay. Oh, and that because makes a lot of sense. Also, mm-hmm. think about, like, technology back then. People who were in, say, Philadelphia did not know what was happening in England and for months, chances yeah, are, yeah, depending yeah. on how long it took for letters to arrive back and forth. So... It's really, and also photography didn't exist yeah, so we widely. Yes, like a ton of documentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like portraiture, like that's one of the coolest parts about fine art is being able to see these portraits and seeing what people wore. That's my favorite thing about looking at. Oh yeah! Paintings. Oh my gosh, it, that was so dumb of me. I'm like, oh yeah, there was no way to see. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they did paintings. But how often would you get to see it? Or would you even get to see it? Most of them were up in their castles or like, true, you know. It's, true. So you were correct. That was not done. Um, <laughs> people, it, it, things weren't translated in the same way. There would be, you know, illustrations or mm-hmm. um, sometimes smaller publications or, you know, then Vogue and mm-hmm. Harper's and all these started so would that be then considered the age of the modern wedding dress as soon as we had like print um like magazines well well, okay we're getting there okay great question (laughs) um and thought um the thing is the white wedding dress started with queen victoria in the 1840s whoa oh i think it was 1843 it's okay yeah it's okay no 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 it's important. She's like, that was important. <laughs> wow. So she was like the first recorded white wedding dress. Yes. And the reason is why people didn't wear white before that is their special occasion dress was what would be worn. And the other thing to note is just because Queen Victoria wore hers in the 1840s didn't mean that that didn't circulate all the way around until later. So oh. the first, uh, for the exhibit I curated as an example, mm-hmm. all of the dresses until the 1890s were dark colored because they were in the Wild mm-hmm. West. Mm-hmm. One of them had this panel where it was like a buckle and extra fabric so it could expand because who knows how she would have this dress for as long as humanly possible, including through pregnancy, mm-hmm. through weight Oh, so gain. it's something they wore over oh, and over Over again. and over. Because so it wasn't a wedding dress for the wedding day at right. this point they had oh. a in your chart referring to the special occasion dress yes that you would just wear for all things yes oh. so if you see old uh like tin types or even photographs or illustrations wedding you can't necessarily tell that it's a wedding photograph unless like Got there are it. all these little things like maybe they have orange blossoms or the the woman's holding a bouquet or the stance the posture of the man and the woman like it got it because of course there weren't weddings documented really that mm-hmm. weren't man and woman mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. right, so right, it's right. 
it's a very interesting so do you thing ha- to try and figure out. Does your history or your research ever say why Queen Victoria chose that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I'm so curious. It's a it's a really interesting. Um she wore white one because dye was expensive. And so oh. oftentimes those who could not afford it wore lighter clothing or like things that were like muslin color. Yeah. Um, and not to say they didn't have things that were dark, but like it was a lot more expensive to have something with color. And also, uh, I don't remember what neighborhood, but part of England was very well known for a particular type of lace, which was part of her wedding dress. dress. So she wanted to be a queen of the people. And that's why her wedding dress is white. Because literally I was thinking, I'm pretty sure she has money. Like, why is she concerned? And then I love her reasoning. So... Shout. I know nothing about Queen Victoria, oh by the way. So she and Prince Albert, like goals, you guys. Really? They're so. Oh, uh, Maybe so, I'll find a picture of them and on our Instagram and post on our stories. Be like hashtag couple goals. Yes. <laughs> well, they are. They they were amazing. And when you, Albert, when Prince Albert passed away, Queen Victoria wore mourning, like M O U R N yeah 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 clothing f- for a very long time. So she wore black and then. Moved up to like dark purple and then lighter purple and then started wearing color again. Wow. Well, I, I don't know if she reached that point, maybe, but she. Um, but she, it was like it devastating. Yeah, devastating. Which so, I also love. I mean, I know we're talking about wedding dresses, but I just love the symbolism, like of yes. all of that, that people literally. I mean, They're they still do, but represent. at that time, yeah, it's like an an outward expression of like. Your, yes. how you're feeling yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. and but that's still used today, today yeah. you know like people will use parts of their parents wedding garments mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know jewelry or whatever totally, totally. for all the things right mm-hmm. like whether so, it's their bouquet or their outfit I guess I kind of like if I were to guess mm-hmm. I would have thought that the first white dress was to make a bold fashion choice Ooh. but it's interesting and maybe she did want to do that in a way mm-hmm. but it's interesting that it wasn't like oh I want to be famous for this it was I want to make sure that people know right well, well, and but I, then it ultimately did become a huge fashion statement. Absolutely. And fame wasn't a thing then. We didn't have celebrity culture until, gosh, the late 19th century, early 20th. Oh. There was no. So that just wasn't have, on her mind. Yeah. Like the first real, like if we're talking celebrity culture, mm-hmm. then we have to talk about Hollywood and the film industry. And that right. really didn't start until mm-hmm. Mary Pickford came on the scene straight from vaudeville and was like, hey. I'm real cute. You should. I'm going to be in pictures. And bam. Like, everyone was obsessed with her. She was not allowed to cut her hair until she would. Like, she had very long, long curly hair. And she wasn't allowed to cut it even for, like, the bob that was so, so important to a fashion statement in the 20s that because no one, the the uh, production studio was afraid people wouldn't watch her pictures because if she, loved, if she, she changed didn't have her hair. Out. Because oh everyone was gosh. so invested in her in her look. That's incredible. So you thought that it was going to be a bold fashion statement. I thought, yeah. I've always heard that a white dress represented purity. Mm. And so I'm curious where that 
came oh, into yeah. came on I the guess. scene mm-hmm. if you know it really started with you said Queen Elizabeth? Victoria. Victoria, sorry. I was like, it's either okay. Elizabeth or Victoria. I can't remember which one. Um, and there were two Elizabeths, one yeah. Victoria, fair. Like, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> See, I've always thought that the purity thing was something that, like, religion made it to make their, their like, message. Mm-hmm. But, so tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Educate us. Yeah. It is difficult to pinpoint one particular views were applied to something like this Mm -hmm. like Mm. for instance like people say chanel made the first little black dress nah dog no she didn't like Mm -hmm. she popularized it for sure got it so that's one by the way don't ever like people who are listening please just know chanel was not the first she just made it she just made it popular you you heard it here first yeah (laughs) you heard it's very important um but like uh, a colleague of mine was looking into when the term flapper was first used for like a 1920s look uh-huh that wasn't used till the 70s interesting 1970s were interesting yeah so when you were actually living in flapper days no one was calling it flapper like it's it not, was later it's not correct to say flapper like interesting. that is the term flapper at that point i believe was used in a different way got it having a, i think there was something about like where pants were involved maybe and galosh i'm just trying to remember like totally i can see the image. that makes a lot of sense because i guess like there's totally things that i look back on even in like you know how like 90s fashion is mm-hmm. coming back and oh, the way yes. they're calling certain things i'm like we never called them that when we like mm. that was just what you wore mm-hmm. yeah, and i'm having true. trouble thinking of like a specific example but that makes a lot of sense that it's like uh, this was just what we did. There yeah. was no term for it until all these people started studying it later yeah. and then coined it. Like whatever, you know. It's like a beaded shift dress is what we is what we now refer to as a flapper dress, right? Um, because shift a shift dress is the silhouette of it, and right? Then, you know that sort of thing. But interesting. It's, yeah, it's cool, and I think there's generally always a revival of fashions from years past consistently. And our culture, like what we're living this day and age, there's something about it that's always applied to it. So I think that's where the terminology might change or, oh, you know, there's like things are tailored so that it's fresh, mm-hmm. but it's still like when we look at it, it's like, uh, why are people wearing those like plastic stretchy necklaces yes. again? You know? Yes. Oh my oh. gosh. That's so real. Yes. <laughs> or puka shells. One of those. Oh back. my. Oh no. <laughs> oh, they already are. Free people has shell necklaces. So they're not as yeah. tight mm-hmm. as like, they were like puka shell, not chokers, but now they're like making shell necklaces longer. They're definitely on free people. Like just recently. Oh, see. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I die. It's a thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, but for as for purity, I don't know when that really was applied. I would imagine, based on everything else I've read about historically, probably in the 1950s. I'm assuming mm-hmm. sometime around um, the Cold War, because that's it wasn't until then that schools started uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, oh. Like there was this this time where America just so desperately wanted to. Be different. Than yeah, that. to separate themselves from what could potentially be communist, and so religion became a huge part of it. And like, yeah. um, 
Have you guys seen the show Leave it to Beaver? I was literally just going to say it's like June Cleaver days when yes. the roles, the gender roles were mm-hmm. very specific and like... I was thinking of Pleasantville. Oh, yes. We all had like some type of yeah, yeah, yeah. thing and, in mind. And also um, Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, which is I more of like the rejection of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've, but I've, I I've actually that. like referenced both <laughs> Leave it. it to Beaver and Pleasantville in various papers I love about it. it. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see that being like purity was at the height of what achievement mm-hmm. and you get married young, mm-hmm. you have the white picket fence, yeah. you have the 2.5 kids and the wife is wearing a dress, mm-hmm. heels, and pearls every single day. Even when she's making the, her husband dinner. Yep, vacuuming everything. Oh, yeah, vacuuming. That was like <laughs> a classic June Cleaver vacuuming and pearls oh, kind yeah. of thing. And that makes total sense. Which was a total rejection, by the way, of like in the 40s when women were working when men were off to we're war. Off to war. When, yeah. And like there was more, I don't want to say independence, but like, it was well, it's a, almost forced upon them. Right. It's like, you have to do this. But then it was like, well, now they enjoy, like women see what they could be doing. And yeah. obviously, we all appreciate being able to like grow and mm-hmm. do things and like feel like we're contributing. Mm-hmm. And then women had to like be suppressed yeah. <laughs> all over again. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a very interesting um, like roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so moving right along. Yes. What would you say is the single most interesting thing you've discovered in your research in regards to wedding dresses? It could be the design, the societal thing, just the single most fascinating thing. This is my favorite question, by the <laughs> way, uh, when I saw this. My absolute favorite thing is how every aspect of one's time period, the history of it is all able to be analyzed through a wedding dress because Mm. it's the one garment that is a universal Mm. thing amongst you know all culture it's like a global ceremony and there's always something to is worn at said ceremony and you can pick apart what's going on Mm. culturally just by what dresses were that's yeah like Mm -hmm. for instance a dress from the 1890s at the height of, you know, the push for the suffragette movement, you can see the silhouette of um, almost like a, a tri- like an upside triangle shape where the sleeves are huge. Like it's called like a Lego mutton sleeve, but like with super puffy, big sleeves, uh-huh. a very narrow waist and like not a big skirt. And that's really, you can see one, a woman trying to, Sub, un, like subconsciously change someone's view of her social role like it's trying to make her look more masculine Interesting. Um, and so like it's like that football player yeah. kind of thing and like also then she takes up more space and everyone looks at you know there's interesting. it's a very interesting way how that silhouette was so popular then that was like the first moment where it clicked for me um, when I saw because historically like that. there's so much going on with women in politics and the world mm-hmm. so it's really easy to make those oh yeah and not even just women it's just like well everyone yeah, yeah and like fashion in general but wedding dresses are the one where like it's universal for everything so it's not like it's so fascinating to like see things like that or like during um, the Great Depression you see more color 
and you see women not wearing white because they can't afford to buy one dress just for one day uh-huh. or in the oh. 40s oh my gosh it's my favorite um like such great like political and social commentary uh-huh. through this women would take their fiance's parachutes that they used during the war and use that silk to make their wedding dresses. Wow. Wow. I've never heard that before. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. Um, The first one I ever saw was, uh, oh, at the Smithsonian. I got to like go in the archive. It it was really fun, you guys. (laughs) Uh, But just seeing that, it, like I almost started crying because it was just so you feel it yeah Mm -hmm. when was this in the 40s Mm -hmm. so during world war ii makes me think of that scene that parachute scene in pearl harbor (gasps) (laughs) i lost so when pearl harbor came out i had just started being able to wear contacts and i was so excited and (laughs) i was there with my then you know cute little boyfriend Mm -hmm. where we'd hold hands and we i cried so hard i lost a contact from that scene Oh my gosh. To me, when I saw that, I was like, that's true love. Yeah. That whole movie. Um, I love that. So like you can tell economic history based on like what is being like the materials Mm -hmm. and social and cultural like are, you know, is there a particular religious aspect? Is Mm -hmm. there um, a certain, you know, what's the word? Um, Heritage aspect. Like Mm. what's what's being incorporated into this one dress yeah and you know is it being reused is it not and why yeah like, they're it's so it's so fascinating it's so fun it's like it's like picking apart a puzzle almost mm-hmm. instead of putting it together mm. what would you say is your favorite part about current wedding dress design like right now oh, and i don't even I know if it. you're just like do, are you even keeping up with what's going on okay an embarrassing okay amount. yeah because i was like i don't know when does it stop because i feel like a lot of i have a couple friends who are big history buffs and mm-hmm. they just pay so much attention to the past yeah that yeah they're up with current affairs like with a, but they're, they're not doing a deep dive into right. it now they're real heavy on the past so i didn't know for you that's why i've been really careful to not refer to myself as just a fashion historian anymore because i'm i'm really just a scholar of it all you know mm-hmm. and I'm I think the past can really help me inform me about what's happening now and how I can really understand it and then you know hopefully educate with it or like mm-hmm. influence or, mm-hmm. yeah just definitely yeah guys I'm an influencer <laughs> <laughs> I love it um just kidding um but, uh, so today so to your question current. today's wedding dresses I think are just so cool because because we have so much open communication and technology available to us, you can get anything. It's so customizable and like, yeah. but not just for people who have money for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really awesome. And you can get a wedding dress from Australia. <sighs> you can get, a, oh my like, gosh, Australian dresses, guys. They're oh. doing great, great things. They are mm-hmm. doing incredible things in women's fashion right now. Yeah. I only know that because I like met a few people with this bride that I, she lives in Australia and just like getting to talk to them about women's fashion in Australia was, it was fascinating to me. Anyways, it's totally amazing. Um, so what's your favorite thing, like favorite trend or favorite detail that you're seeing now? Well, as I've previously mentioned, I love me some sparkle. <laughs> um, and recently, like maybe just a couple days ago, Loho Bride, do you know? No. Oh my gosh. Do you know that? Mm-mm. Guys, Loho, like L O H O. 
they have a, I think they have two locations, one here in LA and one in San Francisco, Ooh. if I'm correct. But it's more of like an indie bride mm-hmm. kind of situation, but like, oh my gosh, the designers they buy from are, I'm just fascinated by how like high fashion they look, but the price point is attainable mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, what the wedding dress standard is now. I'm not talking like, you know, some dress you find on sale for 90 bucks. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, but they teased uh, some stuff they're getting in the fall. Oh, is I it drooled. heavy on the sparkle side? Some of it. It's like, it's like a glisten. Like, it's just like a, like a, Ooh, it's not, fairy some dust. of them are like, <laughs> yeah, it's like fairy dust. Some of them are like all sequin, but you can tell that you can move in it. Um, yeah. They had this one that's pleated and it, it's like these accordion pleats, but um, so like very small uh-huh. and like a lot of pleats sort of thing Ooh. that, but it's shorter. It, it could have be like more of a, a reception dress perhaps, or mm-hmm. even like I would wear it to the grocery store. Like I'm obsessed <laughs> with it and just being able to see stuff that's, that is so um, intentionally designed to be awesome like I think there's a lot of intentionality that's incorporated today and that's really special I I mean that makes sense because I mean if we're going back to the great depression Mm -hmm. wedding dresses were not you know there wasn't time and energy put into these extra details because people were just trying to survive yeah so we live in a society now I mean say what you want about the economy Mm -hmm. but I mean most people have iPhones Everyone has a lot more available to them. Yeah. So now it's like we can kind of just have fun with it and oh, make yes. it art because we're not like trying to eat bread and cheese mm-hmm. to survive, you mm-hmm. know? Well, well, I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> 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 totally. <laughs> I, yeah, I, there's something really special about just how much we can all have yeah and the I mean, we're so fortunate the flexibility mm-hmm. and like just i think technology is a huge aspect totally. because we can you know make we can make whatever we want essentially yeah it's a great time to be alive yeah <laughs> so would you have any interest in making your own i mean i know you love learning about them but mm-hmm. does that like translate to like using your hands or using your drawing skills or I don't know even know if you have any of these because I don't um but yeah would you ever want to have a part in doing that this is such a funny question to me because it's fair it's like it's a or very good question you're the one designing it right. but like working closely yes. with someone who's designing it well when I yeah I think for the sake of everyone, I will not make my own wedding dress because <laughs> no one wants to see that. But I would really, I think, enjoy getting to have some say in the process. It's hard because I can't even fathom what I would wear because, I mean, as you know, it's such a collaboration. And yeah. I, you know, I'm not engaged. I'm not, I don't have that partner to like figure out what this whole day would be about. Mm-hmm. And, nor do I have like all the other people, whether it's a wedding planner, a florist, or photographer, et cetera. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think all of those pieces are so necessary to help yeah, for get sure. a better picture of it. Um, but I think tailoring can go such a long way mm. if we're talking about yeah. like 
specifics for wedding dresses and or suits or whatever. Um, I just I feel like because we have so much that's fabulous that's available. It there's also something to be said about getting to really appreciate someone else's art mm, in that moment, and so and just like a little tweak here mm-hmm. or there. Yeah, I would imagine with all that you know, it would be hard not to like want to do something just because you know the significance of different yeah. aspects of things that I love that you want to appreciate someone else's art but I'm I'm sure you also kind of want to have your own special touches I would I would guess I mean I think just being able to it would add one extra layer of stress <laughs> to to try and design something yeah. or work that closely just because like that's the last thing I will ever want for a wedding is for it to be stressful mm, totally. and to like try and mitigate as much of that as humanly possible. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if it's a little bit about me and my wedding. Like I had a really hard time with my wedding just because it's something I'm doing all the time. Yeah. I actually didn't want to do a whole lot and like have, I didn't like put a lot of care in the details of my yeah. big day, which is so interesting because I do so much for my clients. So I wonder if it's similar. It's like yeah. your head is in this 24-7 that when it comes to your dress, my inclination would be the same thing. That's why I put it on the mm-hmm. list. It was like, oh, I wonder if she wants to like pick sorry pick the designer herself and like be involved but i i wonder if it's like no no no, i just want to go and like try on three and pick one and yeah <laughs> and be done with it especially when i was trying on dresses oh yeah you I did found, it already <laughs> well so I, I i always thought i to megan's point like i would probably want to have a hand in it because yeah. I, I know so much yeah and then when i put on a dress that i would have never ever expected to feel any sort of connection to and that was the thing where I was like oh this is special oh interesting I look I look like I've always wanted to look and Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that you know Mm -hmm. it's like it was a really interesting moment of self-discovery and Mm -hmm. not that I would recommend everyone goes to Kleinfeld's right now and you (laughs) know makes an appointment because the hard part too was I was lying Mm -hmm. so I don't know what it would be like to just try them on without the intention of getting married or expressing right. that, um, which by the way, I felt so badly having to let them know. Cause I, mm-hmm. I was writing about it for publication. Right. So it was like, Oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I really appreciate you. <laughs> um, eh, whatever. Well, but also like, big of a deal. Because, well, cause they, so much of their, of it is based on, um, what's commission. Commission. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the dress shop. Like if you walked oh, into yeah. a J, J crew oh. and their wedding section, I'd be like, Girl, try on dresses all day. Who yeah. cares? Oh, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. The one you fell in love with was not the one you were expecting. No. Like my, and you're an expert, oh, essentially. Yeah. And as I've been researching, I always thought, oh, it'd be amazing to wear an Yves Saint Laurent list smoking suit in white. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> get get at me, you guys. <laughs> um, but ne- it just that's not real like yeah it's more like I just want an excuse to have that and I don't know if that's what will happen or if it'll just be like I found something it's like nope this is this is it I like what you said too about um there's a lot of different factors Mm -hmm. that go into it and you're like yeah I mean I could pick a dress right now but I'm not even engaged and like you're approaching it from like a partner mentality and you're like 
well, no, when there's another person mm-hmm. and we have some, a venue or that, like, that's when I'm going to be able to make that decision. I think that's such a realistic approach. And I think a lot of brides don't realize that. Like, you could grow up your whole life thinking, oh, I'm going to wear the blue dress from Cinderella. Yeah. And then you meet the guy, you pick the venue, and it changes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's not just you and your childhood dream. It's a partnership and there's a bigger thing involved. Yeah. And it's, but it's also more than just like the couple too, you know, especially depending on how large the ceremony is and oh, all exactly. the people involved. And like, that's what I'm saying. Know. There's so many other factors yeah. to it that play into it. And I don't know. I just think that's a really honest and realistic approach that not a lot of brides realize. Well, and I loved what you said about self-discovery. I just keep thinking yeah. of that word over and over mm-hmm. just talking because it's like, it, yes, self-discovery over our life is important, but there's like seasons for what kind of self-discovery is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like you happen to kind of recognize something in that particular moment during your research. But, you know, when you were like, I'm not telling everyone to go out there and and try on dresses because it's like well that's not your time like there was a reason you did it but like at that time that bride will have that experience doesn't mean that it needs to be right now yeah (laughs) and I kind of think that ties into what you said in the very beginning about self-discovery and what is it about people in the wedding dress Mm -hmm. it is a representation of what you think your best self is and how do you know that unless you've had some self-discovery to figure that out. Right. And that's always changing, like, you yes, know? And journey. so like, for instance, if someone's getting married and then divorces and then gets married again, mm. their dresses or yes. what they wear is normally very mm-hmm. different. Very different. Mm-hmm. They've uh, gone through periods of life that mm-hmm. are, I mean, there's no better word for it than self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also like, I would hope that when I get married, that it's such a partnership, not only with, my future husband, but with our families. And Mm. because families get so um, emotional about these, Mm -hmm. as we were talking, like it's, it's about the whole community. It's not just about the couple, in my opinion, and being able to really celebrate that and then just focus all of our, our energy on our marriage would be great. But Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think podcasts like this and Dak Shepard's armchair expert, like just (laughs) all the, all the like truth about Mm -hmm. how much effort goes into a marriage like it's not it's not just the wedding as awesome as they are but I something that Dax said really stuck with me about how marriage like he and Kristen were in therapy couples therapy like from the beginning well before they were engaged Uh and I just thought that is so cool like to have that much desire to just make it work and mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. you pick each other and like then you you do the work yes i love it i oh I, and like all the everything you guys talk about here you know it's just like all that's all literally yeah that's literally what i feel like we're constantly trying to send the message of like it's hard work and the, the disney mm-hmm. lie that we were sold is it's not real and and not that you can't find true love and you can't be happy but true love is a different picture than what we were painted and so I think that's what we're constantly um 
trying to, and it's so interesting that you're like bringing up Dak Shepard because we're like, you know, his biggest fans and we're constantly <laughs> referencing him. But I wonder your arm if, cherries yes, too. we're totally oh, yes. arm cherries. Yes, oh. yes. So but good. I wonder if this era of truth and education and, you know, people throw around wellness a lot now. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing a shift in this, you know, it's all of us Disney kids who were now like, oh crap, we need to figure this out. And I <laughs> yeah. wonder, this is just so fascinating to me. This is why I love what you do. I wonder if in a hundred years, there's going to be a you looking back mm-hmm. on this time and seeing something in our dresses and yeah. being like, oh yeah. That's when all those millennials <laughs> had to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and figure out what they were going to do in this thing called life. And we're seeing it in mm-hmm. the dresses in, you know, whatever way. I just, I, I'm like, mm-hmm. I bet you that's going to be a thing. I'm mm-hmm. really excited mm-hmm. for whoever gets to look at this because we are living in such an exciting time. Yeah. And, yes. you With know, say what you want about on. the politics yeah. of our country and what's going on in the world. And there's just so much it's going to be a very rich history to look upon and I mean also it's just like the technology I'm going to say it again like that's a huge huge part and and but also like this is my opinion and I'm living in it who knows what they'll think totally totally I I'm I hope that when we're 80 we can come together and there will be no podcast it'll be like holographic uh, <laughs> videos that'll pop up in your living room or whatever. Like the Jetsons. The Jetsons, yeah. Mm. And we could be 80 and be commenting on like, oh man, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll be like, wedding dresses now. <laughs> oh yeah, and like, well, let me tell you about marriage. Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Now that we're at this point. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I could talk to you about this yeah. for hours. Yeah. And I was going to say, I, I think I went into this not really knowing a lot of what to expect. Like Emily and I kind of, you know, chatted about, we're like, we don't really know where this is going to go. But I just love that it, I, I didn't, I don't think I expected it to have so much psychology like behind what you were going to share. Oh, me And I am obsessed. With, that's what I'm obsessed with. Oh, if we're going to talk about obsessions is yeah. like why people do what they do. Absolutely. And so I just, I was, I loved this entire conversation. It yeah. was, it was so much like cooler, not cooler. It was just so much deeper than I thought I, it was going to be. Yeah. For me, for mm-hmm. sure. I literally thought it was going to be a discussion about like, well, in the 40s, women were wearing A-lines. And yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 50s, yeah. they yeah. were wearing scoop necks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I honestly thought it was going to be like that, like a timeline of just fashion trends and how it translates. It's like literally... Yeah politics and economics and well it's psychology. it is what our podcast is about and it i is. didn't and i didn't know that it could be well, clearly that. alana did because at our dinner she came up to me and she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. i need to talk to you ladies yeah. and i was like yeah cool i was so <laughs> pumped you, you knew that it, it had to do with what we were talking about yeah so thank you for like being here Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, and your book recommendations, I'm obsessed. We're going to put links to all of these. And then I also just wanted for the listeners, I know we shouted out your Instagram, 500 Days of Winter, but there's some underscores, right? Yes, it's 500 underscore Days of Winter if you want to follow a fashion history influencer, you guys. (laughs) And That was so funny. I I also would love to link... 
your Huffington Post article. So we'll have to get the link for that on there. And then is there a website or a blog or any other social media stuff that we can include for the listeners? I can give you the longest bibliography known to man. Um, I think if we're just for like the listeners to really get a better idea, you can see some really cool stuff like a timeline Mm. of like a historical art history timeline from the Met Museum's oh, website. I can okay. send you that. That would um, be awesome. Also, there are some really cool accounts that talk about fashion history, not wedding dress history specifically. Just yeah, but you guys are all up in the wedding stuff. Yeah. But Loho Bride, that's a oh, that's we a should really definitely cool one okay. All right, contemporary. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know we've taken up so much of your day already. Um, Worth it. <laughs> uh, it was such a joy talking to you. Yes. Um, we'll put all of this on our Instagram and our Facebook, which you can find at Wedding Therapy Podcast <laughs> <laughs> on both. Yes. And then if you want to join our group therapy group, um, just put in a request and we'll add you. And um, it'd be fun to get a little discussion going on what everyone is doing for their wedding dress mm-hmm. and maybe why they mm-hmm. chose that. Yes, that would be a great discussion. So thanks so much, Alana. Thanks. Bye. Bye.